0: From paying employees to participate in wellness programs to charging them extra premiums if they smoke, employers are taking unique approaches to wellness and disease management that they have not before. Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and with me today from his offices in downtown Chicago is Larry Boris, Chief Executive Officer of the Midwest Business Group on Health. Founded in 1980, Midwest Business Group is a coalition that helps some of the nation's largest employers when it comes to their healthcare purchasing decisions, including Abbott Laboratories, Boeing and Target Stores, among other companies that purchase more than $2.5 billion in medical services for more than 2 million people every year. Mr. Boris has been with Midwest Business Group on Health since 1991 and currently works on education and group purchasing initiatives for HMOs, disease management, pharmacy and other programs. Mr. Boris, welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD.
1: Thanks so much, Bruce. Nice to be with you again.
0: So tell us about these new efforts to encourage employee wellness. I know that at the Tribune, I don't want to violate my own HIPAA standards here, but it was just a year ago that just by simply filling out a wellness assessment, which took me all of maybe three minutes because I'm so gosh darn healthy, I ended up getting a little rebate on my biweekly paycheck, which was kind of nice. There are more and more efforts going on like this, aren't there?
1: There's no doubt. If there's a new trend in the employer benefit design area, it is the use of incentives to get people involved in changing their behavior and taking advantage of the tools and information that are being provided.
0: And so tell us, what form do these generally take? I mean, are these outright cash gifts, and how widespread is this that an employee out there, a patient, could potentially get an incentive just for maybe going to see their doctor or getting a checkup or getting their blood pressure checked? I mean, it really runs the gamut, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. And I think employers have found is that just offering uh, fitness centers or lunch and learn programs or healthy foods in the cafeteria has not been enough to get people to actually take advantage of any of these and so there's been a lot of investment in basic health with the expectation that people will realize the value of maintaining their fitness and, and keeping their weight down and trying to exercise and staying on their medications and learning about and self-managing your own conditions and we just find it it just doesn't work and you have empty rooms up in fitness centers people not coming to programs And so employers have said, well, you know, this is not right. I mean, it's an investment. It's an investment in health and in human capital. And in any other part of their business, they don't just accept the reaction of people. They put in incentives for their suppliers and others to meet certain requirements in order to stay in business. And in this case, what we're finding is that employers are saying, all right, if I'm going to offer these programs, I'm going to offer them and I want people to get more engaged. And so they're starting to offer both cash payments, gift cards, lower premium cost, waiver of drug copays, everything from, depending on the culture of the employer, you know, T-shirts, uh, bags, whatever it might take, to motivate people to go to websites to learn about their conditions, to complete wellness assessments, as, such as you described, to participate in programs, and actually to attain a certain level of health, and in some cases, even a negative incentive.
0: And so I know, and from the survey that you guys did earlier this year, three in five employers now plan on providing uh, cash and other incentives to motivate their workers to use these services. Have there been any studies that show or any evidence that show that, you know, offering a perk will change some behavior?
1: Yes, there is. There have been a number of increasing newer studies that are finding that it does make a difference, though clearly... Depending upon what you want people to do, sometimes in one case it may take a water bottle, in another case it may take $500, and so part of the challenge is finding out what will it take. And then each employee population is different. Some companies, for example, Harley Davidson, finds that people really like to have any kind of cloth product that has a Harley Davidson logo on it, and so that's quite motivating. If you work from Joe's Print Shop. Uh, you might want to have something a little more substantial than the Joe's Print Shop t-shirt. Not that Joe doesn't have a nice print shop, but clearly it may not be enough of an incentive to go for. You want to find something that will change people. Now, the other key part of this whole incentive game, though, Bruce, is you have to find when people are ready to make changes, because someone who doesn't recognize they have a problem and doesn't feel the need for change, it really doesn't matter much what you provide. They're not going to make a difference.
0: Would this be young people, for example?
1: It doesn't have to be young. It could be anyone at any stage of life. If you know, they say, you know, I'm comfortable with my body. You know, and I don't think anybody should tell me what to change or do. And if I want to eat what I want to do and I don't want to, you know, run a mile a day, then I should be able to do so. But employers, at the end of their day, it's all about productivity. It's all about making people as effective as they can to produce the services and products they need. And so some employers while they used to just offer, as I said, a gift card or incentive to participate, now are looking at linking benefits to completion of risk assessments, reducing premiums at substantial amounts for participating in programs. And for those that don't, they had some significant additional deductions from their salary.
0: If you're just joining us, this is Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and the show is Inside Healthcare, and this is Reach MD, XM 157 the channel for medical professionals, and we're talking with Larry Boris, who's the CEO of Midwest Business Group on Health, which represents some of the nation's largest employers when it comes to their healthcare purchasing decisions. And what we're finding is employers are about ready to do about anything to get their workers to fill out a health risk assessment and potentially go to the doctor, whether they were offering you know, cash or we talked about Harley Davidson offering clothing and so forth. How does the physician interplay with this and medical professionals? I mean, are there certain lists or is that potentially you could go to a doctor or a hospital in town to get a certain thing done? I mean, how do they interplay with this?
1: Well, there are programs called centers of excellence that have been developed by carriers or other specialty vendors that oftentimes specialize in a particular condition. Maybe it's back surgery, maybe it's cancer, maybe it's cardiac transplants, things like that. And in those cases, employers find through the information that that they and their consultants have gathered that people come out with better outcomes, much safer, higher quality, and more efficient in their care. And so... In those cases, an employer often will offer a major incentive for people to go to a higher quality, better performing, more efficient facility hospital for those kinds of conditions. And say, for example, that they will pay a much higher portion or most of the cost of the care plus travel as opposed to someone going to their hospital down the block, which may not have the experience, uh, the volume or the expertise to do as good a job.
0: Well, and for our medical professionals listening out there, that is potentially good news because it goes to the whole quality effort that has been led by employers in this country that if you sort of have your act together on the quality front, if you're meeting certain measures and so forth, there are employers out there that may be willing to set up a program where they would send patients, their employees, your way if you are showing or have some way to show that you're providing quality service. Is that what I'm reading you saying?
1: That's correct. In fact there's a, a national program called Bridges to Excellence that works with the National Committee of Quality Insurance, NCQA, which is a independent nonprofit group that accredits health plans and it also has created a physician recognition award program to actually recognize physicians who meet certain criteria, both clinical and otherwise in diabetes care, cardiac care, and back care, and office systems. And what Bridges to Excellence has done is around the country, major employers as well as major health plans are now providing physicians an additional compensation, perhaps up to $80 or $100 per patient, if they become recognized by NCQA and attain one of these awards. And then individual patients or employees are incentivized by their employers that if you have diabetes and you go to a physician who has been recognized by ncqa for example diabetes care that in fact your cost would be lower
0: well that's a very interesting aspect on bridges to excellence because like i say if there are physicians out there listening or patients who are interested in getting their physician involved in something like this, it is an independent sort of quality measure. And Larry can tell us a little bit more about that, because I know that a lot of physicians get a little nervous when something is tied to the health insurance company, because they might think that, oh, it's biased and so forth, and it's all about saving money. But Bridges to Excellence, it would be a little bit more independent than that, wouldn't
1: it? It's totally independent, that it was created by employers. And so what they did is they went to NCQA, which goes to all the national specialty societies to bring in only evidence-based medicine and measures and so uses those measures in identifying those physicians. And again, it's not just administrative or what they call claims data. They actually require the physician to submit portions of their medical records to see if they do test at the level that is appropriate, for example, diabetes that the American Diabetes Association would require and say that these are the requirement guidelines for uh, effective diabetes care. And physicians who attain that status, which is not, again, real easy. I mean, clearly, as I said, it goes through both clinical records as well as other sources of
0: process. And could it be a solo practitioner or a big group? Absolutely. It could be any type of
1: practitioner. Clearly, it's easier if you have staff that can help you do it. But we found, in some cases, some health plans or even some employer coalitions are providing staff people to help physicians attain this status and collect the data necessary.
0: And so would these be, if there were physicians listening, they could contact the Midwest Business Group on Health or the Washington Business Group on Health, or perhaps you could name some other ones to find out about the Bridges to Excellence program where perhaps they could get some cash incentives for providing quality information and drawing patients to their practice?
1: Your best bet is probably to go on Bridges to Excellence website or you can go to the National Committee on Quality Assurance, ncqa.org, and look on their physician recognition program because that would be the first step.
0: Do we know how many physicians or even hospitals, as it were, are beginning to participate in these programs?
1: It's still a small number. I think it's a growing trend. We're finding more and more uh, health plans are offering what's called pay for performance programs and of course now even Medicare and Medicaid have incorporated that Medicare have particularly is focused on the hospital side and as you may be aware hospitals now have to meet certain levels of performance in certain clinical bundles as Medicare describes them and they can obtain over 2% more in their reimbursement from Medicare and in the near future Medicare is actually going to deduct or reduce the reimbursement for hospitals that don't meet these targets. And Medicare is now beginning to look at physician practices as well, working with an organization called the AQA, formerly called the Ambulatory Quality Alliance, which is made up primarily of the medical specialty groups and professional organizations.
0: I want to thank Larry Boris, the CEO of Midwest Business Group on Health. We've been talking about paying employees to participate in wellness programs and disease programs, but also more and more employers are getting involved in programs such as Bridges to Excellence and allowing physicians as well to share in these incentives and it's all about providing patients with more preventative medical care and higher quality care and perhaps saving some of healthcare's scarce dollars along the way the show has been Inside Healthcare. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. You've been listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions about today's show, send your email to XM at ReachMD.com. And I want to thank you for listening.